Hello and welcome to the Wild IC Soccer Podcast. My name is Jason Komet and my, and my co-host is Scott Strasser. Hi, Scott. Jason, how are you tonight? I'm doing all right on a cold February night. It's uh, we're I think we're getting uh, our last little bits of winter in here, and uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a little cold, making me definitely wish I, I was able to make that road trip to Orlando uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I was watching like the the one soccer content. You see, uh, what's his name Charlie O'Connor Clark in like a a t-shirt doing his broadcast thing like kind of makes you a little jealous i'm not gonna lie they're probably having oh yeah time in the yeah doing all those clips they're like let's find some palm trees or something do do the video right underneath one of those i saw some cavalry fans were there hey did you see that a few yeah i i saw a couple pictures but i was um somewhat impressed with the gathering in victoria no victoria is you know, easier to get to of course but i still thought it was a it was a nice turnout there. So did I, considering it was a Wednesday night game. And this as well, but I think it makes sense to turn an Orlando uh, uh, Cavalry game into like a family vacation almost. And I imagine at least a couple of uh, Cavalry fans have done that where they've gone down with their with their kids or with their wife or their, you know, their significant other and turn it into like a, maybe we'll go to, is the Disney World the one in Orlando? I always forget. Correct. Yeah. Disney World, yes. We're sort of going on about Orlando stuff. By the way, we should uh, get back to our uh, talking about our mission statement here real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott, if you are a new listener, what is the YYC Soccer Podcast all about? So I, I'm proud to say I, I have this memorized. I don't, I don't need to read it like I did for the first several episodes. But uh, our podcast focuses on soccer in Calgary. We talk about amateur soccer, post-secondary soccer, professional soccer, all relating to Calgary in some way. We talk about the teams and the players from Calgary's soccer community, from the grassroots and amateur leagues up to the university and professional levels. And we're going to keep it pretty Cavs focused um, this week. Um, We're going to talk about last week's game against Orlando and and the one coming up. And we'll also talk a little bit about some national team news regarding uh, Canada's U20 uh, men's and also the, the preliminary roster for the men's national team in March. Yeah, there's some Calgary names and and uh, players connected with uh, with both of those teams. Before that, we're we're going to chat a lot about both the game that happened last week for Cavalry against Orlando and and the game that is actually happening uh, this week, which is I believe that yeah, like tomorrow, right? So the day this episode comes out. Yep. Uh, the The plan is we'll have this edited up and you can listen to it as part of your pregame activities. There you go. So Scott, what do you think? Um, we had a 3 uh, nil victory for Orlando, and I think it was a somewhat convincing win, even if it wasn't a complete domination. Uh, what, what did you think of, of the match overall? Yeah, it definitely looked like it was Cavalry's first preseason game, right? And that's exactly what it was. I, I thought that they looked kind of uh, disjointed in parts. They, they showed glimpses of promise, but overall it, it did look like, you know, there's some new players that they're uh, flooding into the, into the lineup. There was a couple of debuts. It is still preseason, right? It's very early preseason for Cavalry. Obviously they've been training since January, but you have to remember they're training at Macron Center with a low roof in an uh, indoor environment. So to go out to Victoria and, and, and be on an outdoor pitch, that may have been one of their first times on an outdoor pitch of 2024. I don't know when else they would have gone outside to even train. So it was definitely, like you said, it was a 
a convincing win for Orlando, not necessarily a domination. Cavalry did have a couple of close chances. Definitely uh, Eric Cobza had a good header shortly after the hour mark and and then uh, debutant Diego Gutierrez. I think that shot of his, that volley at the end may have been going in, but struck a Orlando defender in the head. But no, I mean... It was three nothing. It could have been four or five nothing if if Orlando were a little bit more clinical. But you could see the the gulf in quality between a CPL side as, as good as Cal- Cavalry are, and I know they have some players who could probably play at the MLS level. But when you're taking on one of MLS's strongest teams from 2023, like your back is going to be up against the wall no matter what. Yeah, I, I think when you're, I was watching the game, like you could see that there was a talent gap. There are some players on that Orlando side that are just, they're, they're playing at a different level. And, you know, I think timing is really bad from a cavalry perspective in this, as you already mentioned, like just the time of year, there's been very little opportunity to train. Like Orlando is ready to go. They're ready to go for their season. And cavalry really hasn't played any meaningful games and any real friendlies or anything like that. So, you know, there's definitely, like I said, the talent gap, but the timing, was definitely a negative, an added, an added negative for the Cavs in this match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I came into this predicting a, a four-one or three-one win for Orlando. So I was thinking that Cavalry would be able to snag a goal. Um, and like I said, they had I think two decent chances. But overall, I mean, Orlando's three goals, two of them were really well-worked team goals, finishing off crosses. Uh, and then the other one was, was I think Marco Carducci was either screened or caught off guard, but it was kind of, it was a shot near post that I, you'd expect him to save. He did get a hand to it and he got a hand to the, the third goal as well. But overall, like the way that Orlando worked the ball down the wings and then cut it back or, or crossed it back post, like you could just see the fact that they've been playing together for couple of weeks or months already and and cavalry has been training but just they haven't had in-game opportunities so yeah i think uh i i, I really you know i think a lot of fans were kind of hoping and, and looking back at how cavalry has done against mls opposition in the past i think some fans were really hopeful that they would keep it close but i think there were just too many factors against them even though they're you know s- sort of the home team in this case like Orlando had a super long road trip probably one of the longest trips they've done in their history and probably one of the longest trips in world soccer recently like I can't imagine many teams would have to travel farther than that 4,000 kilometers plus but uh, no like their quality showed multiple in on multiple occasions throughout that match as soon as there was just a tiny little crack of an opening they could just exploit it instantly like they're there was just no margin for error. You just gave them an inch and, and that was it. The ball was in the back of the net. Yeah, absolutely. And and Cavalry did, I think, you know, they there were quite a few whoopsies, right? Like like giveaways in their own half and that kind of thing. And when you're playing a team that has a strong press, like they're gonna force you to make those mistakes. So and they knew that they were gonna do that. Like the way they set up defensively, you know, high line. I don't think that they expected Cavalry to really get into their half that often and, and really they they weren't able to and when they did uh create good scoring opportunities and i think if this game was a few months down the road cavalry would have shown much better agree now let's look ahead to this the match on tuesday which 
like I said, it's going to be today um, when you're listening to this. So uh, um, the Cavs have gone down to Orlando and the match is going to be at four o'clock uh, Calgary time. And uh, let's run the press conference from uh, Monday afternoon where Tommy Wilden Jr. and Sergio Camargo gave their thoughts about uh, the upcoming match. Yeah, here's that audio now. Yeah, I think we're excited to be here. It's um, another great experience in our young history. We got into this competition knowing that we would be in tough, but it's with that we want to make sure that we grow to the level of the competition. And uh, we uh, we went toe to toe with uh, Orlando in the first game, and you know they you know no shame to admit they had some better quality in in the moments that we needed it. But I think we can take a lot out of that first game and, and grow in our experience, and you know hope to have a really good performance and hopefully get a result when we're down here. It's a, it's a learning experience that that we're taking in stride. And that game showed us a lot, but it also showed us that we, we do belong if we play our, our best game and, and show what we can do. So just a good opportunity tomorrow to to do that. Now that you've had a couple of days to kind of ruminate on it, what do you feel like the biggest kind of talk, taking away point for your team was in that game, whether good or bad, just you know, heading into this game on Tuesday? Uh, two things. Um, one, the ruthless nature of it. I think you look at the preparation here now is, I was just talking to Oscar outside, you know, they're playing against Flamengo and, and New England and those type of games. And we're playing against university sides in the cold north throughout our season. Uh, so certainly iron sharpens iron. So we've got to find a way to calibrate that off-season part. Um, so second part is um, we can live with them. And in large portions of that game, they did. Uh, but obviously, like I said before, they, they just had that ruthless cutting edge that we are still working to find that hopefully through our season we'll also find. With the boys, is, this is the opportunity we have to make new history is to be the first um, CPL side to, to to win a game in CONCAF Champions Cup. Um, you know, again, we're in the territory of Orlando. We know that they, they know this. We saw them play on Saturday. We're not us. Um, and I think we've got to go in with a belief that we're here to win a game of football. Um, we're not here to just, you know, be a sparring partner for Orlando in preparation for their game against Miami or the so say next round. We've got to make sure we come in here with the mindset we can win a football match. Yeah, I think at certain points in the game, we showed there isn't much of a difference, but the difference is the uncertainty. So in certain moments of the game, we're uncertain whether to, to press or to hunt or to pass the ball there. They make the decision so quickly. Well, we have a second in, in CPL. They they only give us half a second against a big side like Orlando. So these are just the things that we have to pick up on quickly because we don't have much time. So it, the, the quicker that we can learn and, and gain lessons from the experiences, the better it will be. Yeah, mentally, I want to see us ready to compete from minute one to minute 90 plus and beyond if this scoreline favours us. Uh, I think what we've got to see is, again, having that mindset to compete. We know that we, you know, the odds are stacked against us. As I've said, I think post-game was anything can happen in football. So, you know, best way to eat an elephant is chunk by chunk, right? So I think we've got to just take it slowly and make sure that we respect the opponent in front of us, but don't fear them. Is it nice to be out of the, the snow and the cold? Yeah, it is. Uh, again, uh, to reference our preparation, our game against Orlando is our second game outside in, in our off-season. So uh, it is nice to be here. And again, part of the experience, you know, we've been uh, very well respected by the staff and, 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 and the club at Orlando City. So we're thankful for that. And we're looking forward to making it a good game tomorrow. 
So there, there still seems to be some optimism uh, from, from Tommy Wilden Jr. In, in his answers there. I, I like what he had to say about eating an elephant one chunk at a time. Um, but I mean, what did you think of, of his comments overall, Jason? Like he, uh, he seems to have that belief, right? He's always going to believe, uh, but obviously, you know, they're, they're going to have to, uh, they're going to have to win by three against a, an incredibly strong MLS side in their own stadium in front of their own fans. It's, uh, it's pretty hard to imagine them doing that. Yeah. I think it's, it's a real leap to expect that. And I, I don't think from my perspective, listening to Tommy's comments, I don't think he's under any illusions that this isn't anything but a Herculean task. But that being said, I think he's taking the attitude that there's a lot to learn here and there's a chance to, you know, if if they go out and do their best, uh, that they could get something out of this. And even if it's not necessarily advancing to the next round, maybe getting the experience, maybe scoring a goal. I think in the end, it's going to turn into a thing about gaining this experience and, and trying to find the value in that. And I think, I think Tom is usually pretty good about looking at things that way. And, and I think there probably is some value to it. Yeah. And they are in the, a situation where they really have nothing to lose. You know, I think if they were coming into this game and it was, uh, if it had been a one or two, nothing loss in, in Victoria the week before, I feel like maybe they'd be more nervous. I don't know. If if that's naive of me to say, but I feel like heading into a game where you're you're three nothing down, maybe the other team, maybe maybe Orlando will be a little bit more complacent because of that, and they really in cavalry can just say, you know what, let's let's go for it, let's uh, let's throw everything we have at them. Um, obviously, you know if, if they attack too much, they're vulnerable at the back, and and Orlando could run up the score. But I don't I don't know if that'll happen or not. It's a bit daunting to to think about how good Orlando looked after a forty three hundred kilometer trip. Uh, now they're going to be playing in you know in a climate they're more comfortable with, in front of their own fans. So could go could go very badly. But I think the the attitude of uh, hey we're here this is a great experience for us let's just go for it see what we can do that that should pay uh, some dividends for Cavalry. Yeah, and I think that's what we're going to see tomorrow. It's going to be the first 15 minutes. They're just going to go, go for it, go for it, go for it and see what happens. And if they're able to get something, you know, that, that might change the complexion of things. But if, if they go for it like that in the first 20 minutes and then Orlando goes on the counter and scores and then it's one nil, well, I think at that point it's going to be all over, but I I think that uh, why not go out there, see what, see what you can learn, see what you can gain. Absolutely. And, and think about it from each player's perspective. I mean, how you, you get to tell your, uh, your kids or your grandkids one day, you know, I, I played against Orlando in this big stadium that fits 25,000 people or however many their, uh, their stadium fits. But uh, overall, like it's, it's a career highlight, no matter what the scoreline is going to be for, for a lot of these players. Yeah. And I think one of the things I read earlier was that this will be without question, the biggest crowd the Cavs have ever played against. Uh, so that'll be kind of interesting from that point of view. I did just Google it now. Inter and Co Stadium has a 25,000 capacity. Before we move off the the topic of, of the Calvary or Orlando match, is there anything uh, you want to comment on, Scott, in regards to what to expect? Uh, uh, I, I would like to see Cavalry line up with two strikers. 
uh, that would that would show their attacking intent and show they're not afraid to to take the game to Orlando. But um, like I, I'm thinking, you know, if they could start Tobias Warshevsky and Meyer Bevin, I'd, I'd like to see those two work off of each other. I don't know what their fitness levels like right now, or or if that's in the plans, but it's just something that I, I would like to see for at least part of the game, two strikers for cavalry. Yeah, I think that could be interesting. And I think there was a comment on, on the broadcast for the first match that Meyer Bevan wasn't really match fit. So I, I think he's been, uh, his fitness is maybe lag- lagging behind some of the other players, but uh, yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see that as well. Well, it should be a good one and I'm looking forward to checking that out. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, let's move over and talk a little bit about um, Canadian um, men's national teams. Uh, We'll talk about the U20 side. They're right now in the midst of uh, qualifying for the CONCACAF championship. And these matches are happening in Trinidad and Tobago. And we have one Calgary representative on this club. It's uh, Christian uh, Greco-Taylor, and he's with the Whitecaps. So How's it gone for him uh, so far, Scott? Have you uh, um, have you been paying attention to how, how the club's been doing and how he's been uh, uh, faring out there? So the Canadian team beat Dominica on the 23rd. So that would have been Friday, I want to say. And that was a dominant game, 8-0. And Greco Taylor started. And then against St. Vincent a couple of days later, I believe this was Sunday, Canada won 4-0. He was subbed in. And then uh, tomorrow, so the day that this episode is released, uh, Canada will play Trinidad and Tobago, and the, the winner will advance to the uh, CONCACAF U20 Championships in July, and the loser is out. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty simple. Um, it's one game for all the marbles, and it's being played in Trinidad and Tobago, so they have the home field advantage. So, you know, I don't know. I, I don't want to go too far down the road about uh, what to expect, but um, you know, hopefully um, the Canadians can pull it out, and hopefully Christian Greco Taylor can uh, make another appearance and and make an impact in this match. Yeah, it'll probably be their toughest match to date, right? Like it seems like it's uh, started with their easiest match, and then still a fairly easy game against St. Vincent. But playing against the the host team, they're probably going to have a bit more of a of a struggle, but. I feel like Canada has developed to a point where we expect to beat Trinidad and Tobago. I don't know if, if, if you feel the same way, but that wasn't always the case, yeah. of course. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think I think it's reasonable to expect that. But uh, but yeah, uh, hopefully it happens, and then hopefully they can uh, move on to the, the U-20s, and now yeah, uh, maybe uh, we'll continue to see a Calgary connection there. So, so one last uh, topic uh, before we wrap up this fairly brief uh, episode. Uh, another national team related news, uh, albeit at the me- the senior men's level. So Canada's preliminary roster for CONCACAF play-in game was announced. That's for Copa America. And, and there's quite a few Calgary connections in this prelim roster. So uh, Victor Latoury, Dominic Zator, Scott Kennedy, Sam Atacubi, and Joel Waterman. So uh, four Calgarians and then a uh, uh, BC native who has obviously uh, played for cavalry in the past, but yeah, I mean, we've seen all those names connected to the national team before and they're going to be playing Trinidad and Tobago on March 23rd. So about four weeks from now. Yeah. I looked at this list and 
there's 57 people on the list total. So I'm not really sure how much you can truly read into it. But I guess the one thing I got out of it is all of these players, even though a couple of them haven't really been called by um, Mauro Biello uh, in the last few games, they're still on the radar screen at some level for the the men's national team. So uh, if they were put on this 57-man roster, they're they're still kind of in the picture. If, if one of these players was not on the 57-man roster, I think it would be a, a pretty good sign that uh, they're out of the picture when it comes to uh, any potential of being uh, called up by uh, the the current, uh, albeit temporary, uh, football operations. Yeah. All right, we'll wrap it up this week for um, this episode. Thank you for listening to the YYC Soccer Podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast using all the usual podcasting platforms. Head on over to our website at yycsoccer.com for more info about how to subscribe or to leave a question or comment. You can follow us on Twitter or X at YYC Soccer 403. Thanks for listening.